Hi there and welcome everybody that's watching to the live Wednesday Bulletin on the This Is Ibrooks Network. Um, today I'm joined by Chris Cherry. How are you doing today, Chris? How are you doing? Thanks for having us. Oh, I'm just, I'm glad you can hear us and we can hear you now. Um, that, that's, that's the main thing. We've technical difficulties. Apologies. <laughs> we, got, we got there then. I don't think anybody would be complaining if they couldn't see us, but they need to hear us at least. Um, and I'm joined by Gav Kelly as well. How are you doing today, Gav? Very good, thank you. How are you? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. It's um, uh, to be honest with you, I was hoping we we would all be discussing the uh, signing today, but there's been eleven days. I mean, there's he all, but there's there's still plenty to um to talk about uh in the wonderful world of Rangers. As always, we've got a full packed show for you. We'll we'll go the hour if if that's what the the content dictates. As always, you know, keep your comments coming in. If you get any questions, if you want to ask us or whatever, um, give us a shout and we'll we'll try and um, throw them up and we'll we'll get the guys to answer them. But um, on today's show, what we're planning talking about is Alex Lowry, his role in the team. Obviously, got a hat trick for the B squad uh, last night. Some really, really, really good goals in there. Um, he's too good for the B team, surely. Um, next thing I'd like to look at is, is the current midfield. Obviously, we've been linked with a, with a slew of, of midfielders and Onuma, Cantwell, Davies or Davis. Um, where do where do guys like Kamara and, and, and Jack and, and maybe our field and stuff like that fit into this? Um, do we need to basically get players out the door, maybe have a look at the rest of the squad and, and maybe there's other areas we need to um, offload? Obviously, it's a, a favourite of ours in the network here that we like talking about the goalkeeping situation. Michael Wheels <laughs> throwing that up in the air again by having him McLaughlin start against Dundee United. We're going to see him in the Aberdeen game. Um, and uh, another thing I'd quite like to talk about is some criticism that Cholak got um in that game as well um and discuss some of the players that, that we've been linked with as well um but i'll fire straight into it everybody that watches the wednesday bulletin knows i like doing a wee on this day um gav I'll, I'll come to you first on this one um on this day in the year 2000 ian ferguson left rangers to go and join dunfermline on a free um signed for i think it was about 900k million quid in 1998 from st mirren 336 games 42 goals 18 trophies which included nine in a row and and two trebles not bad for for a career at rangers is it gav all right i I have to say it was 88, no, 98. But other than that, uh, it's, um, he's almost the sort of player now that it, it's what we're looking for, really. That um, Certainly when he first signed sort of young Ian Ferguson, he, he changed into a more defensive midfielder later on in his career. But when he first signed that sort of box-to-box number eight, the partnership he had with Stuart McCall um, for a lot of the nine in a row sort of season, he just added that. Bit of bite to the midfields, proper box to box midfielder, really strong, and he could score goals too. Um, it's funny because when you look at sort of players in the squad nowadays, the easy one to compare to would probably John Lundstrom, but um, I'd say there's more qualities in Tom Lawrence that are like, yeah. um, that are like Ferguson, but I'd, I'd rather that's why I'd rather have Lawrence deeper. I think he, he would be better as a, as a number eight. Um, maybe not quite as physical, but he's he's got that sort of mentality about him. I think that um, no, Ferguson was one of those players that he was. He certainly wasn't the most heralded of that that squad, but he was one of the most viable sort of components in terms of allowing the others to to play. Yeah, 
He's he's one of these. It's it's weird. Like I, I knew of Ian Ferguson, but I think I've only in in recent years realised how important he actually was to that team. That that it was you know he sacrificed a lot in terms of his playing ability. In terms of he did a lot of the dirty work to let guys like Gaza and 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 Loudrop and um, and that play and, and and perform their roles. Um, something a wee bit different from you this week, Chris. Um, Obviously, your wee lad was a was a mascot um, in in the old firm game there on the second of January. Um, I'd just like you to uh, tell the viewers and, and listeners what what your experience of, of that was like. Is is I bet you were a proud parent and and um, just a wee insight. Uh, Craig and I actually saw you um, and and your wee boy going in, and uh, he was buzzing. But I've never seen somebody look like they were kicking their pants so much in their life, Chris. <laughs> Uh, it was a bit embarrassing. Uh, well, it was the circumstances weren't too good. He's got allergies and he had a bit of an issue at Ibrox before Christmas. Yeah. So this was like a goodwill gesture for them. But obviously, yeah, it, it was his day. But at the same time, I was expected to be a bit of my day as well in the tunnel, <laughs> getting in the tunnel to experience what it's like, let alone against Celtic. But yeah. uh, my wee man doesn't do too good with crowds, so I was a wee bit apprehensive about it. Uh, so we got there. Is it, to be honest, he wasn't he that interested in Rangers and football. Just John Lundstrom and Tav. That's the only two players he was into. So we yeah. got there. Uh, used to seeing me getting shit myself. Then <laughs> uh, turns out we were in the tunnel. I get papped up, papped up up in the club deck twenty minutes before the game, which is a yeah. worse seat than the one I've got my season ticket. Uh, but I was sitting in the chair next to the guy, and I was telling the guy next to me. I don't think he'll do it. Don't think he'll do it. And then as they came out the dugout, he was the one holding tabs on. So I was an <laughs> emotional mess howling. The guy next to me is like, You're right. I don't think I seen the first five minutes of the game for tears, but uh missed the Celtic goal anyway, so that was ideal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I great experience and now he's got the Rangers bug all week. He's had simply the best playing. Dad, can you put tabs song on Alexa? Things like that. So just got a Make up a custom frame with his pictures that he got. He got good pictures in that. Uh, hopefully, get his shirt signed by Tab if he eventually gets back to me on social media. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds that sounds good as well. But um, so what do you think? You think you'll get a, a shot holding Tab's hand uh, at the next home game, then, Chris? I was going to be there. It turns out uh, one of my uncles, his girlfriend, his her sister. Went out with Tav years ago. It's one of the ones. She went out with Tav years ago, and he was saying before that, tell him to mention her. And I was like, I'm not mentioning that five minutes before an old firm. He's, 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 yeah. he, his head will be all over the place, but then it turns out his head was all over the place the first five minutes anyway. So. Yeah. Oh, man. I, well, I'm glad he never said anything. Um, that's, that's the last thing I wanted him to be thinking about when he was taking that penalty yeah. as one of his exes. <laughs> Hey, my, uncles, but, my uncles were going after their head, they were shouting, speak to the boy. I was like, he's about to go out in the old firm, you don't want to sit and speak to Elaine. hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> oh, that's quite funny. Well, thanks for sharing that, Chris. That, that was good. Um, listen, we'll get straight into it. Um, I'm going to come to you first on this one, Gav, and it's um, a wee bit, I saw a lot of chat about this on social media last night. Obviously, you know, Rangers are, are promoting their, their B-team stuff as well. Got to see the the goals from Alex Lowry. Um, just and it's basically where where do you think his fate lies in 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 this Beal system? Given that we've been linked with so many midfielders, um, I don't know if you've. I'm assuming you've managed to see some of the goals. 
my favourite bit was I think it was the the first the first goal where he where he takes the the ball off the boy and you can hear the you can hear the Dumbarton bench going oh no um, uh, some really good good finishes there obviously we saw him uh, was it last against Motherwell he, he started that game surprised quite a few people where do you see Alex Lowry fitting into this do you see him as a a first team starter into next season. It's going to be one of those ones where it's it's a gradual transition between sort of in and out the squad to getting more minutes off the bench to start an odd game as well. I mean, Bill obviously trusts them to start him against against Motherwell, and we saw the goals last night. The, the sort of goals that he scores, it's sort of effortless almost, and that's why I thought when he was when he was clean, not clean through against Motherwell, but when he cut inside. I was expecting him to score because those are the sort of goals that he scores all the time. The ones where he just sort of caresses it, and it's almost like the way sort of Thierry O'Neill used to score goals. He just he used to pass the ball into that, and we saw that again last night with the, the B team. He just just kind of waves his foot at the ball, and it seems to do whatever whatever he wants it to do. So, yeah. but he's too. Good. We all know he's too good for the B team. But the the thing with that is that if you send him out on loan to a Scottish Championship club or a lower league team in England, it's just pointless because. He's better learning playing in sort of shaping system that we want to play um, with the B team than he is going out and loan somewhere. But the most important thing is training and playing with boys like Haji, Tillman, um, Lawrence, the boys in midfield that he'll play with, Ryan Kent, like Kemal Roof. He's better training day in, day out with those guys than, than going out and loan. Even if he isn't getting that many minutes, I'll forever argue that point. We've spoken about it before in the, sort of, the WhatsApp group. The last outfield player, or the, well, the only outfield player in my lifetime, I think, that's gone out on loan, done well, came back and done well is Charlie Adam. Mm. And that, that's it. There's a few that have maybe done okay, but Charlie Adam is, is it. And that, that doesn't point to a system that, that works. So for me, he's, he's got to be patient. He will get games. He will get minutes off the bench. I mean, we've got the five subs. That's kind of the whole point of the, the five subs for me is having boys like that coming off the bench. So... He's certainly good enough, but he's behind Tillman for the main sort of number 10 sort of spot, if you like, or the attacking midfielder slot that, that would be his. But he can play any of the positions behind the striker and against lower teams, you can put him next to a defensive midfielder as well. So there's, there's, his versati- versatility yeah. will, will help him going forwards in terms of where he can play, but he's good enough. He'll, he's still only a teenager, there's plenty of time for him. That's it. And uh, Chris, I'll, I'll fire the same question to you. It's uh, Dougie1872 here says, wonder if Lowry is too good for the B team, but not good enough for the full squad. That's kind of the crux of the matter. Um, I actually never considered an option possibly sending him out on loan, um, but he's, as Gav says, surely he's, he, he'll be better like, sticking with, with Rangers and being in and about the, the first team rather than going out and on loan somewhere. Yeah, I would agree with that. He should stay and learn for better players than he would see if he went out on loan. I agree with Dougie's comment, but the you know, I think he's came in, but he's not really grasped it when he's came in. Uh, I think he's obviously he brings flair and creativity, and we're lacking in that. But at the same time, I think he's got a, a bit of an attitude issue. If you if you have to believe what you're reading, uh, mm. it's maybe it's up to him basically what he wants to do, but. I've just got a feeling if he doesn't get the game time, he's going to spit the dummy and want to go elsewhere. But uh, it's maybe a wee bit of an ego because when he was injured, there was a lot of hype for, for the fans to get him back. It's maybe put too much pressure on him at an early age. Mm. 
maybe just let them develop and see what happens. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. Um, I think for me, he's been he's been too good to, to let go in, in some of the games. Like some of the flashes that you've seen and 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 some of the some of the passes. Um, I just want to keep the guys around the football club for as long as possible. And as, as Gav said, one of the most important aspects of of Lowry is is his versatility. I still don't really know <laughs> what his best foot is. Um, he's got a wee bit of the the hadges in that regards with him. But yeah, I would be I'd be keeping keeping a hold of a of a guy like Lowry because you you could see it last night. Even in the, I know it was a B team game, but as soon as you heard any time he got on the ball, you could you could hear the opposition. Um, managers and, and the bench going crazy trying trying to get it off him or, or stop it. But um yeah look we'll, we'll come on to the next point here and I and I'll stick with you um on this Chris. Uh, again Dougie eighteen seventy two sort of says Lowry Hadji Tillman who would you pick I'm gonna go that in a in a roundabout way and say we obviously we've been linked with guys like Cantwell, Davies or Davis, uh Onima um, is there room in this squad for guys like um, Jack and, and Kamara and, and Hadji and stuff like that? Um, or are you thinking that these are guys that we need to offload? Um, Jack and Kamara are basically the two that I'm, I'm, I'm asking you about here. Bill's a big fan of Kamara. Uh, so I don't know, but obviously he's, up, he's still a bit of an asset. We could get money for him. Jack, for me, struggling big time. I know he played well the second half uh, last week, but the first half he was a man down. He looked well at his depth. Obviously, the injuries and that have caught up. But on his day, Jack, we know what he could offer the club and that, but I think if we're moving forward, we need to be looking to offload for that. We kind of be getting them extended deals and that and hoping they remain injury-free. There's just too many injuries at the club on a consistent basis. I think we need to try and improve in that area. Yeah, but see, given the, the contract situations with Jack and Kamara as well, I think Kamara's current deal ends in 2025, but obviously Jack's got six months left on his deal. Out of the two of them, for me, Kamara's the more valuable asset on a bit of paper. Um, but for me, I'd be maybe keeping a hold of him for a wee bit more and and, and, and looking to resell him, not not at the end of this season or the season after maybe. Does does that change anything for you? Uh, yeah, like, I wouldn't I don't want to get rid of Kamara. I'm quite happy to see him come in. If we can get players in and run about him, maybe bring him back up to the level he was at before. Uh, I think he's just dipped a wee bit in form under Gio and that, but with Bill coming back in, like I think it was Andy Halliday said that he's a massive Kamara fan, Bill. So she's yeah. hoped that we'd be able to get him back to to that level, maybe we better players than that run about them. But for me, I think Jack, as that comment says there, I think just with Jack's injuries and that, it's time to make, what to move him on. Yeah, and 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 where where do you um, lie on this, Gavin? Do, do you see um, us getting rid of guys like Jack and Kamara this window, next window, the window after, or or do you see us kind of holding on on to them? I think it's one of those things where you, you can't really get rid of players it's, it's, if anybody wants them that's the other thing and the thing with Jack specifically is that he'll know you'll, you'll not get a better club than us and his injury history as well means that he's, he's going to be restricted and his age you know, he's in his 30s now he's not, not past it but his age relative to the injuries that he's had things don't get any easier um, plus as, as Scott's saying there it, because he's, he's classed as homegrown 
he's more likely to get another year because because of that situation, which is cool. And we've not got a natural sort of defensive midfielder coming through the academy to replace him, unlike like a Lowry or even um, sort of it's, it's, it's a number eight. Um, and we'll have to go out and replace him in the transfer market. We mm-hmm. saw with Beale, he's, he's trying to play sort of more adventurous, but we look, we don't seem to have the same amount of control when it's Kamara and Lundstrom playing together, mm-hmm. um, purely because of the, the balance of the midfield. And we'll have looked better, even when you go back to last season as well. Our best midfield when we played sort of in the Europa League against the better teams was the Jack and Lundstrom sort of double pivot. And, it, and it's again, I can see him going with that this weekend because Jack's more likely to to cover Tav and let Tav bomb on, whereas Kamara is more likely to try and link play further up the park. Whether I would actually want to have Jack signs another question. I'd rather we replace him with somebody similar. But mm-hmm. again, it's that it's that UEFA quota. You need to have. Yeah. A core of Scottish boys in in the squad. It's it's just it's just the way it is, and it's an easy an easy contract to renew, whether you do it on a a sort of a basic contract with sort of appearance bonuses as well. Um, remains to be seen. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's people will have to go for 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 people to come in because this I feel the squad. It, it, even though we've been ravaged with injuries this season, it, it's quite a big squad. Um, and I think what we'll maybe see is that you know the, the sort of two players for every position very similar to, to the Gerard um, situation, but it, it all depends on, on who we sign. There was some fantastic comments coming in there. I think uh, the the maybe the fact that you know Glenn Kamara's capped a bit more, um, maybe much more saleable to to the continent. Um, well, and the fact that <laughs> we have him for another couple of years. Um, but the next, uh, the next point to come on to, um, I'll come on to you, Chris, with this one. It's just in a sort of general question about about the rest of the squad. Is there any other areas that, that you think that, that we need to offload, um, especially with, with the amount of guys coming back from injury that we'll have soon, um, and guys, you know, like King and, and Lowry and Devine all sort of in and around the first team now? Um, a wee bit of news in terms of offloading people as well before I get your thoughts on it is... The rumour going about that Holanda looks like he might be ready fit back round about February time. Um, the is it the Swedish league that'll start in round about April, I think, if I'm remembering that correctly. And it looks like Malmo might take him um, early if, if they can sort of Rangers tear his co- if they agree to tear his contract up. Do you think that would be a good move for Holanda in, in Rangers or? Um, and, and what other areas of the field do you think that Rangers need to offload, basically? Uh, it'll be a great move. We need to get him off the wage bill now, because it's, what, two, two years or something, he's no kicked a ball. I think he's been linked with Malmo for quite a while now. I think he actually said he wanted to end his career back there, so it probably suits all parties, to be fair. Uh, I think in terms of the squad, as we said earlier, midfield looks a bit bloated. There's a lot of players there, but uh, as Gav was saying, you need to keep that Scottish core as well, so... There only has a, a select few that could really go out the door, I would, I would imagine. Uh, for me, the likes of Roof, if we could try and get a buyer for him, I don't know how long he's got in his contract, but then again, you need to replace that as well. Uh, defenders, I don't think there's MD could really shift out. You don't want to send King out on loan. Suitors just coming back for injury. 
Goldson and Davies is going to be your two. Uh, you won't really get Devine, but again, you need to keep him if he's Scottish, run about the squad. That's it, that's it. And, and Gav, your thoughts on that as well? Um, and, and maybe just a, a word on Hollander too, because I know that he's he's a guy that you and I have at times absolutely waxed lyrical about, because I, I love the big Swede. I think if he was uh, not as injury-prone as what he's had been, he would have been one of our best defenders. I just think like I, I, it's rare you see a, a football player being able to read a game like, like he can. Uh, even went out and bought a Sweden top, and I don't even like international football that much because he was playing that well. But um, yeah, just a word on Hollander and, and any other areas of the squad that you think that we need to offload in. Yeah, I, I love love big fellas. He just it's the way that he the way that he defends and um laughing, I think we were laughing a few weeks ago. When it comes to blocking shots, he just he just takes it in the face. He's got <laughs> no he's got no regard for his own body when it comes to and that's probably why he's got half the problems that he's had, is it how physical a defender he, he actually is. Um we all know that a player of his ability, we wouldn't have had him if it wasn't for the injuries that he's had, which is our arguably going to be slowing him down now because he's missed a lot of training time, a lot of high-intensity training time. Um, similar to Jack, it's a, you've got a physical age, but then you've also got a training age as well. And his, his, he's spent that much time doing rehab the last few years. It's it's just incredible. Um, like Hollander's record for us, in terms of domestic games, he's only lost like, once against Dundee United. And sure that's, he's not lost many games mm-hmm. in terms of, sort of league games anyway. Oh. Um Right, ridiculous. No, it's it's, it's time to. I, I don't actually think he'll play. Um, whether he signs from Malmo or not, I, I just can't see him really being able to get to a position where he can play consistently again. Because um, the injuries he's having are just. It's not like a knee injury where he gets surgery and then he's fixed. That's it. It's they're, they're too rare and too too random. He's just had the, the worst luck, worst luck possible. But in terms of the rest of the squad, I think there's a lot of natural wastage this year. Mm-hmm. This time last year, saying the same thing. Um, Arfield, Davis, McGregor. There's a lot of money leaving the wage bill there, and there's there's three positions there that, between the likes of McCann, Lowry, McCrory, it, it's you can argue McCrory's nowhere near the level to be a Rangers number one, but he, he should be stepping up the the pecking order now in terms of being a backup keeper. Whoever we bring in is is number one, um, and yeah. Arfield and Davis as well. We know what Arfield's like off the bench. Shouldn't really be starting games, but he's he's got a great impact off the bench if he does get signed for another year. But if you sign Arfield for another year, I think you're blocking Lowry. Um, and there's minutes this year that Arfield's had that I know he's came off and changed the game against Aberdeen, but I think um, I think Lowry needs to be have that path cleared a little bit more from him. If you, you keep Arfield for another year, that's I don't think you are. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I think it's. Um... It's by having guys like that in about the squad. It's as you said. It's it's blocking really, really key our youth development players going in. So uh, yeah, for me, I think we should be doing all we can to to get Lowry on our first team next season. In case people hadn't realised that um, already. Um, the the next thing as well is um, I'll come to you on this, Chris. It's just a, a word here for some of the returning players that we'll be having soon. Um, Beal's mentioned it quite a few times in some of his press conferences the, 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 the couple that he's mentioned is, is Hadji, Roof and Suter we finally got to see the, the lesser spotted Roof um, at Dundee United at the weekend as well um, but obviously there are two Lawrence and Yilmaz there's a wee 
question here from uh, Gary James 98. He says, gentlemen, thoughts on Yilmaz when he comes back fit? Is he the long-term plan for left-back and move Barisic on in the summer? What will Bill do? What's your thoughts on that one, Chris? I think Yilmaz will be the long-term plan. I think with the money we spent, he needs to be the long-term plan. I'm not too sure if we'll move Barisic on. Uh, how much are we really going to get for the guy? He's not going to get that much money. Uh, but you know what you're getting him as well. He'd be a good backup to have. But then, again, if you get somebody coming for the youth that could step up and be able to back up. But I think Yilmaz will fit into Beal's style well. Uh, I think with the, the cameo appearances he had when he was a t- he looked good. like to come inside as well and link up with the with the striker, so interested to see him. Uh, Lawrence is the one I went forward to. I know Gavin's the same. Uh, I think he was really coming on to a game before he, before he went, and I agree that he, I think he would be better suited in the, the middle of the park, deeper. I think he's, he's got that bit of bite about him, as Gav said. Yeah, that's it. And are, are you going to tell the, the moth that, that Barisic's contract's done then, are you, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Like <laughs> have you heard of it? This is this is a allegedly. Oh, right, he's further. Uh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, it broke up a bit. As I was actually talking about. No, I'm not <laughs> <you know. laughs> That's okay. Uh, to be fair, a, a lot of people don't need to hear me break it up to ask me what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the same question to you, Gav. What, what's your thoughts? Um, and, and a lot of these guys that are returning and uh, returning from injury, it looks like Bill is definitely going to use them. As I said, the, the three that he's mentioned a lot is that Roof Haji Suter. Do you think that if Roof can stay fit, do you think that we um will see more of Roof playing? Um and, and I'm I am assuming that Haji is going to just sort of slot straight back into that starting eleven as well. But interesting enough he has mentioned Suter quite a few times, even though that, that partnership between Goldson and, and Davis is is has been excellent so far in the last sort of five, six games that they've they've actually played together. I think I think the thing now is that there's there's no really such a thing as uh, the first eleven, and then that's that's it. I think it's more the strength of the first sixteen or first twenty, whatever it is now. Um, and having, I thought that at the weekend, other than Yilmaz and uh, Lawrence, that wasn't far away from our strongest sort of eleven for that type of game. Um, but obviously, like Sasuta and Haji, they'll definitely rotate with boys, and they, it makes the team stronger as well. Because you're not having to play Tillman every week, you're not having to play Davis every week. Um, same with Barisic. Barisic, this system suits him because Kent's firing inside all the time, so he's got loads of space. I mean, the ball's on the right hand side; it gives more room for Barisic to go forwards. Um, so he's actually looked decent as well. Uh, he didn't have his crossing boots on at the weekend, but he's he, he's looked looked a lot more comfortable now that he's got more room in front of him. He's not cutting back as much. Um, so I think I think Redvan will be there long term because he he looks really exciting. I just think he's a better player than yeah. than, than Barisic. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting in terms of that we'll, we'll be able to rotate through choice rather than playing players through necessity. And we'll see a lot of guys maybe like Arfield not get as many minutes as as they have been getting. Purely because we've got more depth in that that sort of central or creative role and that flexibility. in Mr. Kala, he'll not have to play every week, um, even though he's at the moment he's, he's probably our, our one form player. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a phrase I never thought I'd hear in twenty twenty three under under um, a McBeal Rangers team. But it's it's fantastic the the form that he's come into. Um, and that goal he scored against Dundee United. I was going to say you knew it was a good goal he scored against Dundee United because uh, Crocker actually sounded happy when it when it went in. Even he couldn't hide uh, his surprise at, at that one. And um, Look, um, I'll stick with you on this one here, Gav, seeing as you were sort of talking about, about the system and stuff like that. Um, something after the, the Dundee United game that I saw a, a fair bit of was some criticism towards Cholak. Um, something that, I keep hearing this phrase about him and that he's not a he's not a Buell player. Um and and I think a lot. No, I don't want to say right written him off, but a lot of people have already said that, that Alfredo needs to be our starting um our focal point and and the Buell attack. Um, what's your thoughts on 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 this and, and this sort of criticism that's been levelled at Cholak, given that he is our top goal scorer this season and uh, he's only played forty five minutes of football under Buell so far. Yeah, that, that's exactly. What, you've almost answered the question for me there. He's, he's not played. He's not played since what beginning of November or something like that. Middle of November. Um, I could be wrong, yeah. but I'm sure that's the last time he's played. And and again, it's a different system, and there's players close with him, but. Do you notice that there was a good chance in the first half where Sakala's knocked it down for him um, and he set the volley on the turn? Um, yeah. Again, that, that doesn't happen before because they were too far apart. Sakala would have been on the wing, on the touchline, looking to get the ball to then cross it into Cholak, whereas that one, he was right next to him um, and he was able to get on the end of the knockdown of, of uh, Sakala. So that's the sort of thing where more likely to see it balls into feet and running off players like because he loves that, the little balls in the channel. So the movement of Sakala, as we've noticed, he got his goal running from right to left across and into left-hand side channel. That's the sort of thing that will open up the opposite side for Cholak too because the one thing he's good at is his, is his movement. And we, we didn't create a lot for him in that first. It's a shame that he had to go off injured because in the second half, we were a lot more proactive. So I think it was, it was more about the, the team at the weekend rather than... Um, like Cholak specifically, there's not much, not much a number nine can do if they're not getting the, not getting the service. Yeah, that's it, exactly that for me. That that was the key. It, it wasn't, it wasn't Cholak. It was, it was everybody was really poor in that first half, and and like I was actually surprised that he, that when Bill after the game said that he took him off because because it was an injury. But um, yeah, it's just. You know, it's 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 a difficult one to answer. There are two different types of strikers. I, I would hope that Rangers would have more than one way of playing that they could accommodate both. Uh, if they were only playing one of them, but going forward, I think there could be a shout for for possibly having Morelos in the right. No, no. I was honestly, I was a hundred percent convinced you were going to say yes. Nah, there. I, I, I would have done a lean, a lean, fully fit, hundred percent Morelos in this system. Because it's not really on the right as such, and he does like to drift out there naturally anyway. But the way that Sakala's playing is pace. I mean, you saw how deep and how close he was to Barisic when he actually started that that run. He was only about five yards away from Barisic when he played. He's got no right to get on the end of that that ball. The defence should be dealing with. It, but he's that quick that yeah. centre half thinks the fullback's got him, and then he puts afterburners on. He's away from the fullback, and by that time it's too late for for the centre half to deal him. Whereas Morales hasn't got that. Or the ability to sort of run in behind, and we saw him he was bullying it from forty-five yards. Yeah. Can't be bothered to run in behind. Whereas the car would be clean through, you wouldn't be able to catch him. Um, but it's out of the three of them. Roof, Roof's the best striker out of the three of them. Yeah. 
but we all know, I mean, this could actually work out from only playing once a week. Um, but yeah. in terms of being a hybrid, being able to do the hold-up or the link-up play and the, the movement, Roof's the, the best combination of the, of the pair of them. Yeah, um, Chris, I'll come to you. It's this, the same question here. RSE 56, in my opinion, we could get a better striker than Morelos with his wage, who scored more goals. I think a lot of people are tending to sort of maybe lean into that a wee bit now. His opinion is as disappointing as it is, but um, there's a total hypothetical question for you. If all if Roof is fully fit, you've got Cholak fully fit, and you've got Morelos fully fit as well. I'm not. I'm. I'm not even going to say Sakala through the middle. I'm not even going to dignify that in there. But um, who who would you pick, Chris, if you had to pick out the three of them for someone up front? And, and let us know in the comments, guys, who who you would um who you'd have up front as your focal point under a bill system too. If he's fully fit, Morelos all day for me. Roof, his movement in that eye is brilliant. But I just think Morelos, his hold up playing is just you can't match it. It'd be tough to pay millions to get somebody to play the way he does when he's on his game uh, I think in terms of Cholak if you score goals you can play in any system you need to just find a way, it's the hardest part of the game so I think there'll be games where Morelis is more suited to the game but there'll be more games where Cholak's more suited if we're creating chances mm-hmm. you, you want Cholak on the end of them before you want Morelis on the end of the majority of the time or you'd prefer Ruff on the end as well but for the all-round game, for me, would be Morelos. I think. I think when he came on the other day, there was a notable change straight away. I don't know if that was to do with him or just everybody lifted their game, but mm-hmm. I think with him on the park, it was just night and day to the first half. Yeah, there's a there's a right spread of answers there across the board. I, I think um, if if um, if I was to choose, I would genuinely choose Roof up front. I, I'm I'm with Gavin. I think he is our best best striker up front in, in terms of a finisher and like I said I may be a wee bit biased as I got to see him a couple of times at Leeds and yes Craig Andrews I I, to, I take your point a fit roof is the best uh, up front as well but you know I think the guys deal runs out in 2024 maybe or something like that so we, I think he'll be here for another year and a half so um, yeah, let's hope he can he can stay fit. Um, Chris, I'll, I'll stick with you in this one. It's it's my sort of last point, unless unless anybody else fires another question. If there's anything you want answered or want to ask the guys, um, fire it in the comments there. But um, it's just about the um, the goalkeeping situation. I know it's something that's been rumbling on for ages and ages and ages. But with Rangers, it is clear. I think we need um, new investment in in the goalkeeping area. Um, but for me, I was a bit caught off guard when uh, I read the lineup at the weekend and we got we saw McLaughlin was in goals um, Bill sort of justified it by saying you know he's better at catching crosses and and and, and that was it and um, what what's your thoughts on it uh, and especially for, for such a big game coming up for, for the weekend uh, against Aberdeen in the semi-final at Hamden, um, who would your choice be and do you now think it's it's gone back to um, a McLaughlin being being the Rangers number one. I know it's a tough one. As you said, we should have had a new keeper in the summer. We wouldn't have this issue. But uh, I was surprised to see him in the team sheet as well. I just took a guess that Dundee United maybe been good at set pieces recently. And one of my mates said that was the case. So I didn't know if it was going to just be a one game. But I think the one where the ball came across the, the face of the goal and he's he's got down to it and pushed it out. McGregor's not getting that. And then there's a couple of times against Celtic, the corners have come in, McGregor rooted to his line, didn't he come for them, and we were let off. So 
I think based on last week, it's McLaughlin probably number one again. I don't know how we've came to be switching goalkeepers <laughs> mid-season, but that is what it is. So I think he'll be in and let's see how he does at the weekend before we make any decisions. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Gav, for me, it's always this sign of a team that, that's not doing well when a, when a goalkeeper chops and changes so much in, in a season. Um, it's maybe the, <laughs> the one area of the pitch that we haven't been um, ravaged by injury. Um, what's your thoughts on, on the goalkeeping situation? And try and hide that picture of John McLaughlin in your background <laughs> before you answer that, all right? <laughs> Uh, the thing for me now is it's it's the best time to make a change because it's a it's a stable and consistent defence. We've got Barisic, Davis, Goldson, Tav, and until um, Ridvan's fit, that sh- that should be it. Um, however, <laughs> as, as our comment says, I've almost got it written down. I've been mumping for the last few weeks now because there's there's things that McGregor's doing that are the massive red flags for me. It's not just the, the, the crosses at corners, it's the low crosses. He did it against Celtic and we got away with it. Um, he did it, there was a couple of times against, even in the game against Motherwell, there's times when he's came out of the box, you could tell that after the Hibs game, when Nisbet scored from about three yards outside the six-yard box from a pass that came mm-hmm. from inside their half, McGregor should be coming out to deal with that. Yeah. So you can almost tell that in analysis he's been told, you need to, you need to sweep those up. Because he mind the one he came miles out of his box for, and it was like, Chris, what's he doing out, out there, sort of thing. And you would never see McGregor doing that sort of thing. But he's just made these little sort of hesitancy things, the free kick against Aberdeen, but he's, he's doubting himself now. And McLaughlin, will, he'll come for things that he shouldn't come for, but he's proactive. You can't be hesitant as a goalkeeper, and it's it's not a question of who's the better goalkeeper anymore. It's who's in the form. And since the World Cup, McGregor's not showing any sort of form and the worst thing for his confidence is that he's we're conceding a lot of goals when he's playing as well whereas Rockland has played twice he's kept two clean sheets away from home he's not had a lot to do but what he's done he's done everything textbook and for me you go with the goalkeeper that McLaughlin's played 50 games how many bad ones has he had he had the one at Parkhead yeah maybe Ajax but who else had who had good games in those two games and the keeper's always going to get it um, so Alisson at the weekend coughing one up so it's the way that he plays, that'll occasionally happen. But I don't think McLaughlin should be written off because he's had one bad game out of 50 when in every other game he's been solid and a safe pair of hands. And the good thing is that he, he does sweep up behind the defence, which is what the way that we want to play on the front foot is, is what, what we need. Yeah, that's that exactly. It's, a, it's an interesting point you raise there. But I think it's when you make such a high-profile mistake in such a high-profile game, you know, you're always going to have those those doubts um, against you. But um, Chris, uh, it, I thought... McGregor, we know McGregor when he was younger made mistakes against. That's very true. As well, can I say there's, there isn't a keeper in the world hasn't made high-profile mistakes, and we, we know McLaughlin's never going to be anywhere near as good a shot stopper as McGregor was at his peak. But McGregor's not at his, at his peak. Yeah, so he's nowhere near it. Yeah, that's a, it's a difficult it's a difficult one. You know, I, I think a lot of people just because of what McGregor has done in the past um, would would have him as as their number one choice. But yeah, for me, he's just he's not he's not been at it as you said. There's a there's a pretty damning stat somewhere. I think it's what is it eighteen it's, shots. Second worst. Uh, he's, he's technically he's the second worst keeper in the league in terms of shots saved per oh. shots on target. Yeah. 
We were talking <laughs> in the group chat. There's no much an argument. Yeah. The bo- the Bodo Glimp keeper, we were saying, me and Gav, he's he's a free agent. I think he's only 25 or something. Uh, he's a free agent and he had two stormers against Celtic. Admittedly, that's only two games I've actually seen him in, but he was good in their games. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I, I can honestly say it's, it's a guy I don't know an awful lot about. Is it's, I just I never got aboard the the Bodo Glimp bandwagon. So apart from is it Solabak and he's the only one I could I could I could tell you about there. But I'll I'll take your okay. word for that. Chris. We'll get Patrick on it. That, yeah, that's it. Um, Love him. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with the goalkeeper chat for for a moment, Chris. Um, there's a few comments coming in here. It's uh, big country says. Um, what's up with young McCrory? The boy's good. Um, it's a bit of a strange one, this isn't it? McCrory obviously signing his new deal. I think we've we've seen him in in, in that old the the first old firm game of the season was it? Um, where I thought he played uh, really really well. Um, and and yeah, I can't remember. I know he had a game after that, but to me, he played a last cat and then Celtic. Alish Kerr, yeah. And uh, yeah, for me, he played pretty well in, in, in both of those those games. Um, what's your thoughts on in, in, in Robbie McCrory? I, he played well in both of the games, but I just think he's not a young boy anymore. He's like 24, 25. I think if he was going to be the number one, he'd, he'd have made it, but now he'd have took that step up. I just don't think it's going to happen with him, but I was quite bemused that he said he got a new deal as well. Unless he's happy to be playing second fiddle, and as we were speaking earlier, the European quarter maybe needs to get met. But I can't imagine he's happy if he's not playing. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I'll stick with you in this, Chris, as well. Do you think there is a bit of of negligence, not from Buell per se, but but from the board here, not addressing the fact that we de- definitely need a new goalkeeper? Do you not think it would be? Uh, I think. Uh, Every time this season when I've talked about signings, areas we need to improve, goalkeeping is, is is one of the areas that we need to do. Do you not think it would be in Rangers' best interest to bring someone in now um, and, and and give them a six months to... to I mean, OK, there's still lots to play for this season. There's two cups, but, but surely bringing a guy in in, in January and, and putting him in the team and, and, and give him a run in for, for, for looking ahead for, for next season as well, surely that's what we should be looking at here. Aye, just depends how much we're going to spend on a keeper. If you want to spend a good few million and get a keeper that's going to be there for years, or is it just going to be a, another stopgap? I'd be looking for somebody younger that, as we were talking earlier, has got a bit of a sweep up, can we get and sweep up and that? That is going to suit their style of play. It's just how much mm-hmm. is it going to cost to get one? Uh, but McCrory, don't know how he got a new deal. McGregor, everybody thought after the cup final that was him away, so. We were all surprised he got a new deal as well. Uh, fully expected John McLaughlin to be the number one this season. So I don't know what the board are thinking. Yeah, it's it's got to be done in the summer though, doesn't it? A hundred percent it's got to be done in the summer, this one. Um look, so Gav, I'll move on to you here for, for this next one. I said we're moving on to the sort of last wee bit of the podcast at the moment now. Um Obviously, I want to talk about about some of the transfers and that that we've been linked with. I know the guys had a, a really really good show on Monday, covering uh, quite extensively um, who 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 we've been linked with. Uh, I was going to say Ben. Da- I keep calling him Ben Davies, but it's Tom Davis and uh, and Todd Cantwell are the two. Um, Josh Onama seemed to have sort of been chucked into the ring today as well. Um, just like to get your sort of overall thoughts and and sort of any of those three and and how you feel about about us being linked with them. 
I think what it looks like, and there's a couple of things popped up recently about this with, with Michael Beale, is about his, his definitions of midfielders. So it first sort of came out with, with Gerard and had, what was it, the destroyer, the passer, the magician, the spider, and there was, there was something else as well. And I think that's how he's trying to sort of construct his, his midfield. So when you look at, like, I can't roll no, no, my, it's, it's somebody that they can pass through sort of defences or they've got that that bit of moment of magic that they can create something from nothing. We've all seen the YouTube videos for, for Cantwell. You get 2021 20, well, and you've won a watch on a on a pre-contract agreement. Um, Tom Davis, I'm not sure that he's he's a realistic target, to be honest with you. I think he would, he'll have plenty of offers from, from down south. I mean, he had a knee injury last, last season. He was out most of last season with a knee injury as well. So again, do you really want to take that gamble given our recent history? Um, I just think it looks like he's looking for that that more creative midfielder because he's, he's been quite open in saying that he only wants to play with one defensive midfielder. And I think that's that's I'd be surprised if we don't have a couple central midfielders that are more more of an eight than a six. Yeah, and 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 your thoughts on on those three guys there as well, Chris. Again, you can you can pack any anybody you want to talk about on those three. Well, but they did. Dale was talking about Davies. He, he compared him and said he was similar to Lundstrom. So I don't, I don't really know if we need a player that's similar to another player. I think we should be trying to get Hingies. And as Gab said, I don't really know if he's realistic. When I was looking earlier, he played quite a lot of games in the Premier League this year. So to get him in a pre-contract would be a bit of a coup for us. Uh, Cantwell, uh, I Cantwell, sorry, he's a uh, he's the most exciting one for me. Uh, Fell a bit away, obviously, years ago. Big price tag run about him and a lot of height. He's maybe just lost his way a wee bit. Uh, but I would say he's the exciting one. I was talking to the Norwich commentator as a friend of mine. He's actually, well, he's actually at Celtic TV now, but I asked him anyway uh, what was his opinion. Uh, what did Mick say? He said he, he struggles with physicality. Which isn't he obviously good up in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's good. He said at times he looked like a League One player, uh, but he thinks if he came up, he would benefit if he was considered the main man. Uh, he would be a bit of a hybrid between Kent and Tillman, and he's maybe been caught up in his own bubble down in Norwich for a wee bit, and he does need a fresh start. He said that there'll be no middle ground. He's either going to be a spectacular signing for us or an absolute flop. So. Oh, well, he's, got, uh, he's obviously spent a lot more time watching them than, than I have. So that, that's that. I said that I'll maybe take that with a pinch of salt, given given uh, his, his current employers. Eh? But uh, that that sounds uh, like a that sounds like a fair um fair assessment of it. Um, something here that that was levelled that, that you've just said there um about about Cantwell not being the main man. Do you think if he comes up to this Ranger squad, he he will be the main man if he, if he's if he goes into that team and and you know having having heard a wee bit more about him the last few days and because I I'll, I'll admit like I I remember him being in the Premier League with Norwich and I remember him being linked with like 25 30 million quid moves at the time but I mean that was yonks ago it means nothing nowadays but um I I I see him as maybe a a replacement for for Kent if if he goes what what do you think about that and as I said before do you think he will be the main man if he comes up here that was my thinking that he would replace Kent. It, it seems like Yonks ago, but he's only twenty four. So I think it's only a couple of years ago. But he just he's just fell yeah. right off the radar. So like, uh, when Norwich went down, he's just fell off the radar. I think. 
Uh, but I think if he was coming up, we would probably play around about him and he we would try and make him a bit of the main man. The only problem is, and I was reading the Norwich fan forum, they were saying there is a player there, but he's got a bit of, a bit of mental fragility and bit having too much pressure on him as the main man. So I don't know how he's going to cope up in Glasgow, especially with all the pressure that comes with us. It's, I don't know. But obviously, Bill and his team have done their due diligence on him. So... Oh, that's that's a, I, I was I was all aboard the 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 Cantwell bandwagon there until I've had you on the show tonight, Chris. <laughs> so, <laughs> My bad. No, that's that. I'm I'm just joking. It's, it's I like to cover all bases if he if he kicks on, then that's fine. And if he doesn't, then told you so. <laughs> <laughs> that's that exactly. And um, Gav, you know, the, ne- the next question I- I'd quite like to ask was was something um, that I-, I never really considered before as well. I, I saw it uh, on on social media somewhere. I- it came from a forum, but I'm not I'm not sure which forum it came from because I quite like to credit it because it was quite a good post. Um, there was a couple of things about the rumored fees that we would have to pay for guys like Todd Cantwell, Tom Davies, and, and Josh Onama. Um, Todd Cantwell apparently Norwich are, are looking for about four million quid. Two to four million quid to, to for to sign him when he's when he's available for free the next six months, and it's the same with Josh Onama. Uh, Fulham would maybe be looking to get about two million quid in there. Do you think that we should be splashing this kind of cash out on on guys that we could get for free in in six months? No, you, you sign them on the pre-contract if you can. And once they've agreed to pre-contract, then it's your negotiation powers a wee bit better. And then it's do we need? Can't well in just now, or on the map, not really know because we're, we're we'd like to think that Lawrence and Hadji will be coming back in. Tillman looks settled, Lowry's fit again. We've still got our field there. We've shown that this sort of this sort of team, same with Sakal, Sakal's confident. Kent's got his got his mojo back. We've got enough boys there. Again, we've got three strikers that are that are fit again. So it's I don't think we need them just now, but if we manage to. I agree a pre-contract agreement and it makes the negotiation a wee bit easier but there's there's no danger of spending sort of four well two to four million possibly six million on two players that, that could arrive from nothing in the summer when there's no urgent requirement for them just now but definitely if we're still in Europe maybe as an example yeah and and just out of interest there do you think that um guys like Cantwell and Onoma would sign pre-contracts with Rangers um, because if I'm looking at it from their position I'm going, if I'm not, you know, committing to anything until then, I, I would wait till the summer to 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 see what my options were. Are you thinking along those lines as well? Do, or do you think that, that we've already possibly signed Cantwell on our pre-contract and we're just not really saying much about it? I think boys like that that have been stuck, for want of a better phrase, stuck in a championship or a, a yo-yo club or those sort of teams that are, that are up and down, I think at their age, the chance to win things and play in Europe, they're, they're now... They already know what other potential offers they might have. I know English clubs can't speak to them, but their agents will have told them, look, if you wait till the end of the season, you might get X club or Y club, whatever. But um, they'll already know the clubs that are that are potentially interested. So um, it's just a case for whether the size of the club and someone like Cantwell might want to play in a team that's possession dominant like us. You might think, oh, well, that's a great chance for me to actually show off what I'm good at and and play at a level he's not not played at rather than at the bottom end of the, the premiership or 
in the championship. I mean, it's I always worry when somebody says that Cali playing in the championship in the Premier League, they're as physical as Scotland. Yes. I mean, they're, they're athletes down there, and if anything, they cover more ground and they're more physical. So, um, no, I'd, I'd be excited about, about Cantwell, but not for that sort of money just now. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in agreement with you there. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not. I'm just not sure. Maybe, maybe I'm just not bigging Rangers up enough. But I, I certainly think, uh, and I'll come to you in this sort of last point here, Chris. Um, was you know about the about the Gerard effect? Like, I, I, the amount of English players that we've had coming up. You know, I don't. Want, maybe before they would have you know turned their noses up at us a wee bit, but. Just the fact that you know Stephen Gerrard's here, we are we are appealing to guys like this in England, aren't we? And and um, and and it's just the fact that all these guys are kind of Beal type players. Um, what what do you think? Do you think that that we are going to sign these guys in pre contracts, or, or or do you think that we are we're going to be splashing out uh, or having to splash out a bit of cash to get them up a wee bit earlier? I think the Cantwell deal will go through. I think the ship the ships sailed down south for them for. Teams that are going to be playing in Europe, I can't see him getting a move there. Maybe if he comes up here for a couple of years, as you said earlier, he's only 24, a couple of years up here, he could still get a move back to the Premier League and we cash in on him. Uh, yeah. He's going to be playing in front of 50,000 folk every week, European football, winning trophies as well. So I don't think he's won anything. He's, as Gav said, he's just been relegation battles yeah. back up, back into a relegation battle. So obviously... You need to see where his motivation is, but uh, I think the point earlier, he could get injured in the next six months and then in the summer he's getting a club because he's in the injury table. So I think they'll probably look to try and he'll tie his future up in the, the January window if he can, I think. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, I think that's fair enough. I, I, I know it's, it's difficult for me to say because, like, I don't know how other people feel about it. Like I said, I've got relatives and stuff like that that, that live in England and, and things, and I'm just I'm not quite sure they they get what it's what it's like up here. And and I'm just hoping that the fact that you know that like guys like Cantwell and 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 and, and Tom Davis have have got you know I don't want to say they've got Gerard's number, but I'm sure they have ways of of reaching them, and they can say you know if a guy like Gerard's going you know get up get up to Glasgow and get yourself up there it's a good experience and it might just might be the difference in being able to sign somebody um like that or not um i know i said final point last time i'm going to come to you gav on this last point because we haven't really talked about it much and it's, it's tom davies a player who I, i'll make no secret about it i would absolutely love a, a guy like him to sign for rangers um if it, you know I, I remember that that everton team when, when angelotti was the manager he was the first name in the team sheet and he was he was dead young at the time out of all the all the players or those three that we've been linked with, believe it or not, I, I actually think that might be the one that that we would be most likely to sign purely because of the Nathan Patterson deal with Everton. I think they still owe us about three million quid, three and a half million quid. Um and I could see a deal getting done there in terms of Everton going, you don't owe us that. Um what's your thoughts on on, on a player like like Tom Davies coming into, into the Rangers squad? We just, I just don't think we need that that type of midfielder. A midfielder that's more likely to break up play and um, sort of take the ball off the centre halves. Uh, we've got too many that can do that already. If if anything, I think like I said, the way Beal was speaking, he was speaking about only having one at the base for most games in Scotland. So I, I just I can't see that unless there's others others go out first. 
say, say if Kamara went and Jack went, then maybe I could see the point in bringing Davis in. But without that, I think we need more more number eights, I want to say. Yeah, and Ross is absolutely correct there. I'm dying to see him and because of his fashion sense. Screw this uh, match-worn shirts and all that stuff. I want a pair of purple Prada shoes up in that uh, shelving unit behind me um, to go with it. But... Um, Look, thanks everybody for joining. I think that's a, a good point to, to finish it up there. Hopefully um, the next time we're on, we'll, we'll be able to discuss a, <laughs> a signing or two. Um, I, I, I am, like everybody watching Dune, I'm sure you're all a bit, a bit shocked that, as I said, we're, we're 11 days in, there's been no concrete offers or, or rumours or anything like that so far. Um, the next show we will have is on uh, Friday. That'll just be the, the regular Friday bulletin. Um, I'm not sure who's doing that one, but it should be live at seven o'clock. Um, just remember to give us a like and subscribe. We're trying to we're trying to get to that um, that five k on on YouTube. I think we're a we're a couple of hundred off it. So um, just every like helps. And, and thanks very much, guys. But thanks very much for for joining and watching. And we will see you all um, again soon. Oh,